Hey there, thank you for tuning in. My name is Janelle and I am doing a series on um, organization for entrepreneurs and really kind of expanding the, the topics that I talk about on this podcast. As you well may know, if you've been a long time listener, I've talked a lot about uh, home organization and time management and I have felt sort of compelled in the past uh, six months or so to really kind of expand the breadth of topics on this podcast. I'm really um, passionate about small business entrepreneurship. And so I'm doing a series on that. And so even if you're not an entrepreneur or small business owner, some of the stuff that I'm talking about may still apply to you. So I encourage you to keep listening, give it a try. Now, um, the uh, first and foremost, thank you for those who are starting to trust me enough and go over to buy me a coffee and do as follower um, and join as the membership. So what my plan with that is this. Um, I have a Facebook group that I've curated. It's for members. What I'd like to do is grow a community of podcast listeners, um, other entrepreneurs that are in similar businesses for time management organization or, you know, like-minded to join that community. And from that community, what my hope to do is to just have it be a, uh, just a, a well of resources available for um, for listeners, for followers, for other small business owners. I'd love to get, get in and do some Zooms. Um, I think that's always fun to see people face-to-face and do some Q&As. Um, the membership is $9 a month. I just have one level. If you want to really do some one-on-one coaching, I'm, I'm pretty much always open for that. So there is an option for that um, as well in there. So check out the link to the buy me a coffee. And um, once you do join, you'll get a link to the Facebook group. And I encourage you to join in and, and the the Facebook group is only for members. And that's very specific because Facebook groups can get mean. And if you have the general public in there, it can get mean. So I, I really want to curate that and make it just be um, a very supportive environment. So anyway, on this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about some lessons that I've learned along my entrepreneurship journey. So I've jotted down 10 lessons that I've learned while being a small business owner and an entrepreneur. So if you're not familiar with who I am, so I started a professional organizing business um, in Las Vegas, Nevada. I had it running for about eight years. Um, it grew to be pretty dang successful, if I do say mo- so myself. And um, when I was getting kind of, at one point, I had a team of professional organizers, a very, very talented team of, of organizers. And Man, we organized every we organized everyone's house in Vegas. It, I I kid you not, it was crazy. I mean, it was so much fun. I mean, all walks of life, teachers, military, law enforcement, celebrities, um, big time business owners. I mean, we met some really cool people along the way, and it was definitely a blast. Um, but that time kind of came to an end, and I just decided. I needed to do something different. So that's when I jumped into really kind of doing podcasting. Um, And I know on the podcast, I know I'm told you I'm in a transition stage. I think I'm just going to kind of 
roll with it, to be quite honest with you guys. I think I'm going to just add more episodes. I was trying to do one a week and sometimes life gets a little busy because I also am licensed as a realtor in two states, Nevada and Georgia. So that sometimes gets busy and takes precedence over the podcast. So I kind of decided recently, I'm just going to jump on. And when I have an episode, give you guys an episode and stop being so scared about it and you know, all of that. But anyway, um, 10 lessons that I've learned on my entrepreneurship journey, and I wanted to share them with you. So again, even if you're not an entrepreneur, small business owner, I encourage you to listen because I'm going to share some stuff that's personal and trying to be very relatable. And you never know. I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to be, you know, an entrepreneur to to be able to relate to some of the stuff. And also I want to notate this. I am not intending to and will never intend to give the impression that I look down on anyone with a quote unquote nine to five job. Not my intention whatsoever. So you're going to hear during this podcast me share a lot of my time transitioning from a nine to five job into being um, a small business owner. Um, I don't look down on anybody like that. I've had plenty of nine to five jobs. I'll be honest, sometimes I miss that world um, because sometimes um, running your own business is a little bit crazy. So please forgive me. Just have a little bit of grace when it comes to that and just understand where I'm coming from. It's not to put down anyone. Let me tell you, sometimes I think I'm a little crazy for leaving you know, that job and, and starting some of this sometimes. So it's just, I'm just sharing my own personal experience and journey with you. But lesson number one that I learned, the very first lesson that I learned as an entrepreneur, small business owner was, dang, is it lonely? I mean, it can be a very <laughs> lonely world as a small business owner and entrepreneur. And so that was definitely something I was like, oh, I thought like I would be, you know, meeting all these other business owners at lunches and coffees. And yes, you can go out there and do that. There there are a lot of networking groups, but, and I did try some of them, but I was like, ah, this isn't really what I'm looking for. I just wanted someone to commiserate with or someone to connect with. And I just didn't have that, especially in the, the first couple of years. It was just me. And what I learned is lesson number two, and to always be on the lookout for a support system, for relatable content, relatable resources, relatable people. So I'm always sort of on the lookout for things that can support me in my journey, whether it be a podcaster, a realtor, whatever. Um, I'm always on the lookout for how I can find support in that. And we live in a day and age where there is an abundance of support out there. I mean, you know, we live in what do they call it, the gig economy, which is essentially a small business owner. You know, even if you're working as a contractor, even if you're doing like Uber driving or anything like that, you're a small business owner. You don't have anyone dictating your time or terms or anything like that, like you're, you're determining your work hours and, um, your work output. And so that's something that, um, is actually in abundance right now. So there's a lot of support out there as far as that. And also, of course, with 
social media and podcasts and YouTube and, you know, just the internet in general. I mean, television shows, there are so many things that you can kind of surround yourself with. Um, and <laughs> just to, to kind of make you feel not so lonely. Every once in a while, I will admit my real estate Aside, if I need to get a little inspiration, I'm turning on like Million Dollar Listing LA. I'm looking up, you know, buying Beverly Hills on Netflix. I don't, I like selling OC. They feel a little bit more relatable. Selling Sunset, love, addicted to that show, not so relatable. But I'm always looking for relatable content just to kind of get me over some of those humps when I'm feeling a little bit lonely as an entrepreneur. All right, so number three, the lesson is mostly about my upbringing. I'm going to really kind of get deep in this. Um, But this kind of, I I noticed this recently. This was probably in the past, gosh, year or so. And um, finding, I don't know, I've kind of taken an interest of like, why why do people start their business? And um, what sparked them and what motivated them and to get into to business and just learning about people's success. So I've been sort of on the lookout for different things, you know, books, podcasts, television shows, whatever, to learn about other people's experiences and journeys. And I think that helps. And one thing that I have discovered is what an oddball I kind of am. And I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm always kind of an oddball anyway. So, but I've never felt more odd than when I start talking to people or like I said, finding uh, relatable people on how they got into the business because my story is quite different. And I was listening to a series of podcast episodes not too long ago where they were sharing. Um, it. I remember one in particular was a woman and one was a man and the woman was sharing about they were all real estate related, you know, getting to the industry. Her her father was a like uber successful businessman and he really was her mentor and her support system into entrepreneurship. And then the other one was about this man and he came from much more humble beginnings, but he did talk about having a tremendous support system with his parents, even though they didn't understand this world that he was going into of entrepreneurship and um but they were still a wonderful support system yeah i can't relate and so i'm going to tell you something not to bring any kind of pity on myself but just in case there is that like one person out there who's like oh my gosh janelle i totally relate to you but let's talk about upbringings for just a little bit and parents and examples. And why is this important? I don't know. It just is sometimes. Sometimes it's just nice if, you know, you're scanning the room and you're like, that one person kind of gets me a little bit. So I know this is not going to be relatable to many, but I came from an upbringing, a background that was really poor. And when I say poor, I mean really poor. Um, both my parents have uh, struggled with addiction. Um, my father in particular, um, who's passed away a couple of years ago, was um, on and off homeless throughout my, as long as I can remember. And here is the craziest thing. Here's the craziest thing. This is like, like when people are like, oh, we were poor growing up. I'm like, oh, 
let me tell you my poor kid's story. I remember panhandling with my dad. I remember when he was in recovery, um, my dad was on and off for his entire life, on and off, battled addiction, recovery, addiction, recovery for as long as um, he died when I was 45. So for 45 years. And here's a crazy thing. My mother and his parents, um, at some point when my brother and I were children, thought it would be a good idea to um, make us spend time with him. So he lived in California. We were from New Mexico. And I think that they thought it would like, if he has to take his kids, maybe it'll teach him responsibility and he'll get his act together. I don't know. But he was homeless. Essentially, they sent my brother and I with our homeless father to California. They gave him enough money to get with gas and some food from New Mexico to California. But we slept in the car. And um, I remember having to pan or I didn't panhandle, but my dad would panhandle on the streets. And I remember the extreme shame in that and stuff, even as a little girl and just knowing this is really embarrassing. Um, and my father was at the point of his recovery where he needed, um, he was in Alcoholics Anonymous um, uh, every single day. And it was multiple meetings a day. So that's where we spent, like, that's where we hung out. And um, <laughs> I laugh because it just so ridiculous sometimes when I think about this. But that's where we were. And he didn't have a home. And so um, I laugh because I can't imagine sending my children away to this, but whatever. But I he didn't have a home. So basically, we relied on the kindness of people from AA to house us during when we would spend time with them. So sometimes it was like a very, you know, humble apartment, not in a great area where, you know, we just slept on a couch or, and sometimes it was someone who was, um, maybe more affluent and they were generous enough to give us like, I remember we stayed in a guest house at this really fancy house one time. And yeah, so that's kind of when people talk about poor, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't grow up homeless, but I definitely, um, have some experiences along those lines. And my mother who, worked very, very hard um, my entire life, blue-collar worker. She always worked in grocery stores. Um, absolutely did not understand why I would leave a nine-to-five job to start my own business. Didn't have an inkling to this day. Will still like smack her forehead and be like, I can't believe you left that job um, to start a business. I'm like, yeah, but I've done okay. It's been like 11 years. And she will still mention that to me that she cannot believe I did that. My mom is very like politically driven kind of person, always has been. And she's like, we were in a recession and I can't believe you would do something like that. You have children and a husband. And I'm like, I did it and it turned out okay. So I share that just in the hopes that there's somebody out there that's like, I can kind of relate because I know there's at least one person on this earth that can kind of relate to some of that. And when you are sitting sort of in a room with people or, you know, trying to find something relatable and people are like, oh, my father, who is, who's, you know, owned seven successful businesses and was my support system and we'd have coffee on Sunday mornings and chat about business. I can't relate to that. I just can't. 
it's just not my story. It's not my world. It's not where I come from at all. So I share that to relate. So, but moving on to number four, I will tell you this. Every cloud has a silver lining, right? And I believe the silver lining in my little upbringing cloud is this. I didn't know any better. That is a huge benefit, let me tell you, because there is bliss in ignorance. Now, I do have some family members and friends in my life that um, did have a very successful parent in business and stuff. And here's what I've kind of learned over the years, comparing myself a little bit to them, is that they kind of knew what the pitfalls were. They kind of knew what to go in expecting. And sometimes there's a little bit more trepidation on their end because they're like, no, I kind of know how this cave is mapped out. And I just go into that cave completely unknowing, not knowing what I'm supposed to be afraid of, just kind of learning along the way and figuring it out. And honestly, I think that's actually a really good benefit, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship and small business. When you just kind of jump in and you just have to teach yourself how to survive along the way, you you build some muscles, you build some strength that other people who've kind of had some of the stuff mapped out for them, they don't necessarily get, they don't, they don't get that same kind of strength and endurance and adaptability. And so there is strength in that. So if you can relate to my upbringing um, point, remember that kind of, I, I, I'll get to the comparison thing in a minute, but you can kind of compare yourself favorably in the sense of like, I, I have this tendency to just sort of kind of jump in and realize I'll just figure it out when I get there. And a lot of that has to do with just kind of coming from this survival mindset. So in the long run, overall, having a little perspective, again, I can say a huge benefit has been drawn from the upbringing that I had. Okay. Number five, kind of the same, probably again, from my upbringing, I have realized that if you tell me that I can't do something, then I'm going to not only go do it, but I'm probably going to come back to you and tell you, hey, guess what? I did that thing you told me I couldn't do. So I love a challenge. I love a challenge. Like, please underestimate me please tell me that I can't do something because I'm going to come back and I'm going to show you I can. And so again, that probably again comes from some of the adversity I've had to overcome throughout the years and stuff. Um, And I like a challenge. I find a challenge and you definitely need that kind of mindset when you go into entrepreneurship to starting a small business because there are a lot of challenges, as you know, but not so many that I want to scare you away. But the next lesson that I have learned, and this is, I've actually gotten pretty good about this um, over the years, and that's having what I call a negativity filter. Now, let me explain. <sighs> Everybody has an opinion, right? Like you're losing weight, you're decluttering your home, you're selling your home, you're starting a new job, you're starting a business, you're doing anything in life, there are those critics out there, right? These are the friends and the family and the boyfriends of the girlfriend that 
who used to sit next to you in the office, blah, blah, blah. Everyone has an opinion. My goodness, everyone has an opinion now. And now we live in a day and age where everyone's opinion matters, whether it matters or not. So I actually visualize sort of this filter. And this filter is like, it's a filter. It's a big filter in my life when it comes to people. And this, and it has like a negativity part in it where like when negativity, someone comes at me with negativity, it kind of bounces back off. It doesn't permeate that membrane of the filter. And so this is something I've actually gotten really good at and stuff. Um, over the years, not not perfect, not ideal, but if somebody comes at me and for instance, and they're talking about real estate, so I'm licensed, I'm still licensed in two states, I'm still helping people buy and sell real estate in two different states. And what I've learned is that when people come at me and if I'm like, you know, at a event or party or something and someone's like, oh, well, the housing market's crashing, you know, and they just want to come at me. That's not somebody that I'm going to get into like a big discussion about. I might fill them out with some questions like, do you have questions? I definitely educate myself on on the real estate market pretty much daily, try to keep up on things, um, you know, kind of field them. Do they have questions? No, they don't. A lot of negativity is coming, bouncing back off. That's not somebody that I'm going to talk to. And it doesn't mean you have to ban all these people from your life, but just have some filters in place. So I've just learned to sort of kind of like, okay, well, that's good to hear, or, you know, you're entitled to your opinion or whatever, and just kind of walk away from it. Because I've realized, you know, that's a person that definitely has a lot of negativity coming at me, and I don't need to hear it. I just don't need to hear it all. Now, and I've talked about this too, on social media, there's a lot of great filters. And if you find yourself like really getting hypersensitive, I'm actually very hypersensitive about a lot of the negativity I have learned over the past couple of years, just in the media, and I have to turn it off. I have to filter it, turn it off, um, filter people, block them, whatever, just filter out all the negativity and just kind of, again, keep my eyes on the prize. So install a negativity filter in your life. It really does help and it does make you less anxious and just less worried about things. So just no negativity. And I've told my my family, my friends, I, I got my hair done today and I love my the girl that does my hair. She's brilliant, but she started bringing up something you know, that was in the news. And I just, I literally stiffened up and I think she kind of felt it. And so she kind of changed the subject because I'm just like, I don't want to hear negativity all the time. And it's okay to kind of filter it out of your life, especially when it comes to what you're doing and what your purpose is. Again, whether you're starting a small business, decluttering your home on a weight loss journey, you don't need or deserve negativity because that negativity a lot of times will just knock you off track. And it is more important than ever when you're in that season of change or challenge is to keep as much negativity out of your life as you possibly can. All right, lesson number seven, leaving the nine to five means that you have to work harder than anybody else by having specific deadlines and goals like financial. So 
when I quit my nine to five back in the fall of 2013, it was a process. I started One Organized Mom in July of 2012, started working with clients, was just pretty much anyone that would let me organize their home, asking them to, and then it started to build upon that. But I had to have a very specific financial goal. So I had to work my full-time job, had a mom of three. How I did this, I look back, I'm like, how on earth did I do that? I just worked freaking hard. And just, we didn't go on vacations. We had to, um, and life was really busy back then too. All three kids were at home. And so it was just, there was just no choice. Failure was not an option. And so um, that was definitely a driving force. Um, but I definitely had to just kind of keep my eyes on the prize and I set very specific goals. So my goal was like, get through my nine to five, um, take care of my children, work this second job, which was my business, as much as I could fit in, um, cut back on expenses. And the first goal was to try to live off of or try to bank half of my paycheck. My husband was a little trepid about us about me making a change and quitting a nine to five understandably so I had to prove to him financially hey I think I can do this so when I got to the point where essentially we weren't really living off of my income we were able to live off of his banking my paycheck or at least as much of it as I could every month and then earning money on top, I could show him the numbers and be like, hey, look, I can work less hours doing this job or at least be home a lot more and make the same or more money. And so it, it was a financial, it was black and white on paper. And that was definitely a process that I had to go through to prove to him. And so that took from July 2012. And then I quit my nine to five in October of 2013. So um, definitely something that was a very deliberate goal with a very specific deadline because I I did kind of go, I gave myself about 18 months um, and I think I was just like short of that. Um, Yeah, I just was short of that. I think I gave myself until the end of 2013 and I was able to quit in October and it was scary. It was scary. It was like, I mean, feeling like, again, going to that cave or deep jumping into the deep end of the ocean. But again, I was able to make it work. And you can too, but you're going to have to work really hard. And here's something I want to tell you about this because a lot of people worry about this. Life is all about seasons. So think about it. If you're a parent, you have the baby season, you have the toddler season, you have the school age season, you have the middle high school season. Their child, your children's childhoods are all about seasons. Your own life is about seasons. You have the time where you're having children, where you're raising children, where your children are leaving the nest. Those are seasons. Your marriage goes through seasons and your career goes through seasons. So if you're a parent out there and you're like, oh, I'm going to miss out. I had at that time, my youngest was a baby. My middle was in, uh, middle, uh, was in elementary school and my oldest was in high school. So he actually graduated in uh, the summer of 2013. So right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of 
this transition that I was making. So I had three different children in three different places in life, and I still was able to make it happen. Now, did I miss out on a few things? I did. I did. But I'm here to tell you that it's okay. It's okay that I missed a couple of soccer games, or I may have missed you know, a milestone or just something. I mean, I didn't miss everything. I still, like I said, somehow managed to really feel like I was there. But um, don't stress too much about the season. Don't stress too much about how, you know, how long this is going to take and what you're missing out on. It, life doesn't really work that way. If, if you, if you look back on your own experience, things just tend to kind of work out. If you didn't, if you missed a night where you didn't read your child a bedtime story, it's okay. Um, it's okay, especially if it was because you were working on your business or you were, you know, working on one of your goals. It's okay. It's, it. you know, they survive. Everything is still okay in the end. And I'm not saying like, you know, throw your kids to the wind or whatever. I mean, I was still very much a hands-on mom. I was extremely regimented, like every second of the day was planned. Every weekend was planned. There was just a lot going on during that time, but we made it through. And when I look back now, 10 years later, no regrets, absolutely no regrets. I would do it all over again. And I think I knew innately at that time that I am in a temporary season of life. Let me just get through this hard work. Let me meet these goals, make these things happen. And, you know, I'll, I'll know how I'll feel at that sort of finish line or when I achieve that goal. And it really was very exciting when I was able to be like, oh my gosh, this is happening. This is really happening. When I had left my nine to five job and I was like, people are calling, the phone is ringing. I can't believe this is happening. And it was the best joy ever. And again, sometimes there's still some games that I miss or some, you know, whatever, there's always going to be that. Um, But I will say, I, I once upon a time was a stay at home mom. And I missed stuff then too, when I was full time, you know, at home working at home for my family, there were still things that I still missed or whatever. But don't beat yourself up too hard. Just realize that life is full of a bunch of different seasons. And sometimes those seasons are very short lived, and you just kind of have to muscle through them. All right, so where am I at? Okay, number eight, uh, call me the inner critic. Okay, this is something I'm not like super awesome about. And it always feels like whenever you go through a change or transition of something in your life, you have this like inner critic, like, do you really belong here? Is this, you know, does anyone like you here? Or do you know what you're doing? You know, all of those things that that inner critic is always there to say. And so the best thing that I can say about that is number one, just acknowledge, yeah, hey, guess what? This is scary. And sometimes just acknowledging that inner critic and being like, yeah, I feel a little awkward. I don't know if I 100% belong here, but I'm still going to walk in that door or I'm still going to take the chance and take the leap. Sometimes just kind of giving yourself that kind of pep talk can calm that inner critic. But I will say the best thing to do is going back to what I said on number two and 
build a support system. Build a support system. Find people, things, resources that are relatable for you that can kind of help you because what will also help kind of quell that inner critic is just experience educating yourself in whatever it is that you're doing. So, you know, the more you do it, the the more confident you feel and the more confident you feel, the quieter that voice gets over time. All right, number nine. <laughs> I'm not good at this one at all, but I'm working on it, not playing the comparison game. Lord have mercy. I got into three of the most saturated industries there are in the 21st century. Is that, are we in the 21st century? 21st century. Um, professional organizing, podcasting, and real estate. I mean, come on, who doesn't know someone that's in one of those three industries or not, if not all three, like everyone has a podcast now, right? So let me talk about the podcast for a second. Um, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> I'm not highly um, produced. Um, I'm kind of a, I am a one woman show. Every once in a while gets a little bit of help with things here and there, but for the most part, a one woman show. Um, I listen to podcasts ad nauseum. I listen to them almost every day and I constantly compare myself and I think, oh my gosh, I shouldn't do a podcast. I don't have all the fancy equipment. I do it in the bedroom closet of my house. Um, I don't have a YouTube channel. I don't have fancy music. I don't have like a team. I don't have like a producer. Like, hey, Joe, you know, Joe, the producer that I can talk to. I don't have any of the cool stuff. And so I constantly have that inner critic, like, really, should you be doing a podcast? Well, here's the honest to goodness truth. I don't know what compels me to do this. I'll be 100% honest. I absolutely love doing it. I haven't recorded an episode in a few weeks and I miss it. I constantly think about it and I'm constantly, you guys should look if you can hear all my notes. I have so many notes of stuff that I want to talk to on the podcast and I'm like, just do it. And I get frightened still all the time, even though I've met the most amazing people through the podcast. Um, Everyone that I have met over the years that are listeners or contacts or whatever, it's been just, they've been super awesome. Um, It's super cool when someone in my life is like, hey, I've listened to your podcast. So I play the comparison game all the time. I do it in my real estate business. I did it in my professional organizing business. I mean, I'm like constantly like look watching these rock stars and what it feels like rock stars out there. And I feel like such like a guppy in, in this, in these industries. And so what I have to do is just like with the negativity filters, kind of put up some comparison filters and say, I'm not going to look at the competition. I'm not going to compare, you know what their podcast might sound dynamite and they have a bazillion fans, but you know what? I, that's okay. I'm not even, I don't ever, I'll be honest. I don't care if this reaches millions of people. I'm freaking, I'm in the like tens of thousands of downloads. I don't even know. I haven't checked in a while. I think at last check it was like 50,000. What? What? (laughs) That number like actually embarrasses me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've had like 
tens of thousands of downloads of this podcast. I'm mortified. I It exhilarates me. I'm like, holy smokes. Because you know what? To be quite honest, I would be happy with like a hundred, a couple of hundred. I would be like woohooing all over the place. But the fact that like a lot of people have listened to this at least once freaks me out. It just really does. So anyway, I'm constantly playing the comparison game and learning like with the negativity to just build some filters in my life. And one of the things I do plan to do with the podcast is just kind of go out there and record more episodes. Maybe one day somebody will be like, hey, I'll help you produce your podcast. Great. If you're that person and it's reasonable and you're charging like $2,000 a month, give me a call. Like I'm down to, to having some help with this, but I feel like I'm very compelled to put out the content. I love it. I love the connections that are made. I definitely want to grow it. And so that's kind of the new thing to myself. I'm just going to not stress about doing the one episode a week and just kind of go out there and put out this content because guys, I have a lot of stuff to say, a lot. So I'm going to be working on not playing the comparison game a little bit harder. All right. Number 10, it is this. My final lesson that I've learned on my entrepreneurship journey And that lesson is that it is absolutely worth the effort. It really is. It really is. I love the fact that I have taken the chances that I've taken because it has led me on this amazing journey of the most incredible people, the most incredible places the most incredible experiences. And I'm not talking, thinking like I'm some big shot and I've had massive success. I've had moderate success. So even on that, let's keep it real here for just a minute. But I am so super incredibly grateful that I had the the guts to take that opportunity to really listen inside and say, you know what might be a better fit for me? is to go out and start my own business. And I will never, ever be regretful. Not one day. It's been coming up on 10 years since I left my nine to five and I've never worked harder. I've never worked longer. I've never cried more. Well, I think I did cry at one job that I had a lot, but not tears of... (laughs) These are tears of like joy and exhilaration and exhaustion and good tears, I guess I should say. But I love the opportunities that it has given me. I've really been connected to my quote, why? And a big part of my why is uh, freedom and to give. So the freedom to be able to choose what I want to do with my time for the most part and the ability to be able to give. And through this podcast, for instance, just to be able to give some of my ideas out there to help somebody to connect with people, definitely, definitely worth all of the effort. So whether you are on your own entrepreneurship journey, or like I've said, decluttering journey, or weight loss journey, or whatever journey you're on, it's hard, it's tough. But I'm telling you, keep at it, take to heart some of these lessons, and I will definitely, I'm here to say it's worth the effort. 
Now, before I go, I just want to remind you guys, go over, click on the buy me a coffee link. Thank you for those who are starting to follow. I think that's, again, part of this podcast. I'm going to start being a little bit more brave on there. But there is a membership aspect where there is a Facebook membership only group. I'm going to start doing some more interactive stuff, Zooms, different things like that, Q&A. So if that's something that you're interested in, I encourage you to go over, follow, like I'm going to start putting more content in there too. Um, Now that I'm going to stop playing the comparison game with myself so much. But I encourage you to go over there and check that out. So thank you so much for listening and keep listening. I have more content coming, more, a lot of stuff. And especially, like I said, if you're in the entrepreneurship journey, um, definitely encourage you to join my uh, membership group. I'd love to have other people in this industry on this podcast, but I really want to kind of be from the the community that I'm building. So if you have any questions, reach out to me at oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. And I hope everyone's doing fabulous out there. Until next time.